This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. U.S. Bank wants to know how you reward yourself because they have cards that make every day more rewarding. Are you a points order, cashback guru, low intro APR lover? With U.S. Bank, it's up to you because they have the cards to fit your lifestyle. So earn more whether you're shopping at a gas station or grocery store, even while planning a staycation. Learn more at usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Welcome to a Real Man Wood podcast. This is Chris Liss, your host, and I am joined by my co-host, as usual, from Yahoo Sports, Dalton Del Don. What's going on, man? How you doing? Doing all right. Uh, obviously, we got to talk about the Niner Giants game. I was at. Uh, it was actually an entertaining game, and the crowd was into it. I expected fewer people there, and I don't know if that came across on TV. But um, yeah, not not a bad game to be at. It'll be the, the second and last game I'll, I'll be to in, in prime time this year. We uh, found a nice steakhouse on the way there that I hadn't yet discovered. Uh, ate some Japanese Wagyu A5, which was ridiculous, uh, and uh, had, had a good night altogether. But Obviously, a terrible outcome for me and your Giants won. And I, oh, I, I actually don't think I've even PayPal'd you. I owe you some money, don't I, Liz? You have not PayPal'd me. So uh, if you could please do that, I would appreciate it. I don't have to come to your house and collect. <laughs> I'll do that as soon as we stop recording, I, I promise. All right, nice. And, you know, we have some other bets, Giants, Niners on the season. I'm getting like a game and a half. Right. Right. So those are in serious jeopardy for you, too. You know, honestly, though, we should be rooting it for losses if we're true fans. And normally I would be, but I had, obviously, I wanted it for, for you, our bet. And um, I had, uh, I teased the Niners because I wasn't overly confident. So luckily I got that to plus four. I know that's considered a donkey move to tease, on, you know, a through the zero, you know, that way. But it certainly helped me on that half of the teaser to get that tie. But otherwise, were you, you, I obviously, you were rooting for the Giants, right? But, I mean, it hurts us draft-wise, but obviously you found yourself rooting for, for New York. Well— uh, you know, it, it hurts not just draft wise, but it means Eli's going to stick around longer, probably. So that's not like next year, but like more games. I want to see Kyle Lawler. Right. That could theoretically help your draft, though, with Eli sticking around this year. It might, but it probably, I mean, Laletta's a fourth round yeah, pick. Right. totally raw. Right. I mean, it's not like that's going right. to boost us that much. And I just want to see Beckham and Barkley in a competent offense. Like, I think Shermer's good. So. Obviously, the problem is Eli, and so if we if we got a, did you see how open Beckham was on that bomb that Eli just threw super late, and like both guys caught up to the bomb and knocked it away. Yeah, I did see that, but I missed the play was wide open supposedly in the slot that I kept reading about live there. I missed that like pre snap or something, I guess. Yeah, right? you wouldn't have been able to see that. Nobody guarded him in the slot, and he just walked right in the end zone. He was standing there, and, the, and Eli didn't check out of the handoff to Barkley that got stuffed. Right. So our seats are kind of in a corner of an end zone. It was good luck that game. The, the Beckham catch where he went nuts in the beginning and then the Shepard catch at the end were both right in front of me. But yeah, I mean, they're obviously pretty, pretty fun players to watch in person too. I mean, yeah, OBJ and, and, and Barkley for, uh, yeah, those guys are pretty damn exciting in person. Man, Richard Sherman looked like he was 100 years old trying to cover Beckham, man. That was just a mismatch. You know, he's been dominant this year, right? Absolutely dominant. I mean, part of this hadn't been throwing to him, but like his, his yards per, per target and all that have just been, had been elite. So yeah, I know he made him look old. Crazy. 
Yeah, Beckham. I mean, it's so ridiculous. Like the the handicap Beckham's been playing with the McAdoo offense, Eli, yeah. bad weather. If if Beckham were like on the Saints, he'd have like two thousand yards a year. People, I feel like people just. Okay, I mean, it's tough not to. It's tough. Yeah, they underrate context. I mean, Kristen Yelich. Uh, all he does is change ballparks and he goes from this 18 homer guy to the league MVP. You know, all he did was change ballparks and something like that could, could change similarly in football and just be su- such a difference. Uh, so uh, I'd love to see Beckham with a, with a stud QB and obviously system and indoors would be, it'd be ridiculous. Do you know that Matt Breida leads the NFL in 20 plus yard carries this season? And he's been hurt like half the games. Yeah, no, he, you know, and he also caught some passes that game. He looked pretty good and the Giants just could not tackle him. They were, He's like powerful for his size, and he's like super slippery. I was, I was getting so frustrated. I was like, "Just tackle this guy, man! You're driving me nuts." Yep. And I lost a uh, an NFFC matchup. I think the other guy had uh, Breida going, so it was very frustrating to watch that. All right. Well, congratulations, and I promise to PayPal you the twenty as soon as we're uh, we're done recording here. I actually um, wanted to talk a little League of Leagues since we haven't done that at all. Our team is six and four, which is pathetic considering we went all in and punted a sport altogether in, in a three sport. Uh, total uh league here we have matt ryan david johnson antonio brown odell beckham jr and amari cooper rob gronkowski garoppolo got hurt uh man uh who else mckinnon got hurt anyway i'm actually going to try to make some moves i just want to run 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 by some players with you in general here would you trade like a top 50 like danilo gallinari type fan he's been top 50 but he's probably not that big an asset for a, uh, I want to get Trey Burton because you think Gronk is done, right? He's flat tire. You wouldn't count on him whatsoever, right? I think Gronk is coming back next week. I don't know if he, he's going to be worse than Trey Burton. I mean, if Gronk does what Trey Burton's done, that's a huge disappointment for Gronk, right? Okay, okay. So you have not written off Gronk then. Okay, not I'm nearly not written as much off as Gronk, I have. and okay. I'm just not that excited about Trey Burton. Okay, yeah, and this is this is non PPR, so it's touchdown heavy. Yeah. So I just want to throw these these a couple guys I've really been lazy in this league, but a couple people responded that they're sellers. So these are the teams I'm looking at. So what are your thoughts on this guy, Marquez Valdez Scantling? Definitely the DFS community has been on him. Do you think there's upside for to like throw uh, NBA Fab or then real quick the other team? Do any of these guys jump out at you? Corey Davis or say yes. Oates? Corey or Davis, yes. Okay, you you do love Corey Davis. The other one would be. Other than the MVS, they, those also have like a Hilton or a Tyler Boyd or a Diggs, but those are obviously all different levels. Yeah, so, Hilton so like and a Corey Diggs. Davis, Corey Davis excites you, though. Hilton, Corey Davis, and Diggs. Those are the three I like. Okay, and what about OJ Howard versus when we have Gronk? Is that nothing that doesn't move the needle for you? Not really. I mean, in a keeper league, it would, but just for this year, not really. Okay, I like Corey Davis as well too. That guy's just dealt with the most the craziest matchups, like we said, Cooper has. That guy has as well, like the toughest, toughest schedule, and uh, still sees a lot of targets. And like Mario is healthy now, so yeah, Mario is like a different player now. I actually really like him. I, I just, I think the Titans Colts is going to be a good DFS game. Like to get like Hilton and Davis and Mario and Jonu Smith, like just stack a bunch of those guys because I don't think anyone's going to be on them. And uh, I think it's it'd be a sneaky shootout. Per- totally agree with you. And the Col- Colts run like the fastest pace too. Their offense, so. It really works well. Um, I, I want to talk to you about the Colts. They're like 80 to 1 or 100 to 1 in some places I've seen. I think they're kind of interesting. Uh, Andrew Luck, you know, no sacks the last four games. Uh, do you know what the record is? Uh, Dan Marino just came across this. It's, it's wild. He went 759 passes without a sack. You know how ridiculous that is? He just like released the ball so fast. I mean, that's, that's, that's a record that'll never yeah. be. I mean, that's, that's crazy. Obviously, Quentin Nelson's balling uh, their draft pick. Um, 
Can you, if you had, to, if I had to guess, uh, how many touchdown passes do you think Luck has thrown over his last six games? Uh, I'll say twenty. Uh, nice. You didn't even go that far. Twenty-one touchdowns over the last six 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 games for Andrew Luck. So, what do you think? Eighty to one, hundred to one. Do you think it's just like lighting it on fire because this isn't baseball? Yes. As a six seed, there's no chance. Or is there a way to um, hedge by getting into the playoffs? Because they they're actually my favorite, probably to get in the favorite. Them or Tennessee would be would be the favorite, right? To to get in that wild card spot. Right. So here's the here's the thing. You know, the Giants, the years that they won the Super Bowl, one year they had to beat they beat they beat the Bucks in 2007, their first round. That was you know they were mild underdogs, like three point dogs. That was no big deal. The uh, I think Gruden was coaching that team. Maybe I'm wrong, but I think it was Gruden. Anyway, next game they had to go to Dallas, who was thirteen and three with Romo at his peak, and like Miles Austin, Witten, all at their peak. You know, this is right. a, this is a really good team, and you know they barely won that game. But Dallas was just as good as these like Saints and like all these crazy teams that we see now. They were thirteen and three. Then when they won that, they had to go into Green Bay in like a twenty below game against Favre, and the Packers were thirteen and three that year too, and really good. And they beat them in overtime. And they outplayed them. They beat up Favre in overtime. And then in the Super Bowl, they had to go and face the undefeated Patriots, the greatest team of all time, like by like almost every metric. And they beat them. So the Giants were worse at this stage of the season than the Colts are now. They didn't have Andrew Luck. And there's no way that you know the gauntlet of the Chiefs and Patriots and Steelers or Chargers, whatever, is harder than what the Giants went through. There's just no way. The giant, you know, so there is a chance. And then I'll, I'll you know, in 2011 it was the same thing. They beat the Packers, who were weren't they 15 and one that year? The Packers that they beat, I can't remember. It was something ridiculous. Rodgers had like an insane year. They beat them on the road. They beat Atlanta on the road. And they in the championship game, they uh, I think you remember that championship game actually. Um, I do. The Niners, yes. Yeah, and that was a really good Niners team. That was like a, you know, a really good, they had that crazy game with the Saints. It was a really good Niners team. And then they beat the Patriots well, yeah, again. I was, yeah, I was there. That's when I was a bitch about the Bradshaw, uh, you know, the Ford Progress one. Yeah, that was deep into overtime, that game. Yeah, so, I mean, you know, that's twice. They had, like, mediocre teams that beat all these teams. So, yeah, I mean, at 100 to 1, I think it's probably – but, it's you know, they have to get into the playoffs first, and there's a lot of – yeah. You know, but I guess my, if they're good I, enough to do that, they're good enough to beat the Titans and you know beat these teams they have to beat to get in. I mean, I know it's not baseball where anything can happen once you get in. I mean, my San Francisco Giants, you know, when they won three and five, they were underdogs in all nine playoff series. I mean, that's just crazy. And you're bringing up just a huge outlier in New York Giants. But, but baseball, that's more doable, whereas football, it's not. But my thinking is just if they make the playoff, that's huge odds. I mean, I remember I got the Packers, I think my biggest long shot, oh, at 30 to 1. The, you know, six weeks left that season, you know, the one Rogers, but hundred to one, you know, Andrew Luck, you know, could, you know, could be star quarterback, a dominant left tackle, decent defense, but yeah, right away that after, you know, a tough matchup. I was just thinking if I could hedge getting in hundred to one, but just a thought. It's, it's really hard to hedge with the underdog. I mean, even a hundred to yeah, one, you exactly. probably could, but it's hard. An underdog is the problem. But so last week we went three, three and two. We could talk a little bit about certain ones if you want. Obviously, we got to talk about the Bills just because of how hilarious the uh, you know when when I tweet our our picks, everyone just totally totally shit on Buffalo. And uh, I mean, you know, want to want to expound on that list? Yeah, that was pretty funny. This a couple people crapped on our Buffalo pick, being like, "Really, you can't do better than the Bills?" And I'm like, "Well, if you feel that way, you should just put a huge bet on the Jets." And one guy was like, "No, I don't want to touch that game, whatever." But the other guy was like, "Yeah, already did." 
<laughs> and so of course I quote you and I was like, real man walks the walk. He's not just talking. He's not just talking shit about the Bills. He's going out and putting big dough on the Jets. Real man puts big dough on the Jets, laying seven and a half and loses 41 to 10. That was, that was really funny. I mean, he, he walked the walk. I mean, I don't know. You know, he didn't show us a ticket. So like he could have just, right. we don't really know, but assuming he really did that, that shit cracks me up. Like he was so sure. And, and you know, so then I apologize. I didn't apologize, but I was kind of like, you know, by the way, I'm a little sick. I don't know if you can tell. I got like a sore throat. But uh, I apologized, not for having a joke, but just sort of like, listen, you know, after the fact, it's really easy to be like, ah, now you look like an idiot. And I don't mean to, it's just the comedic value was overweighed, the, uh, after the ex post facto uh, mocking him. And then uh, some guy uh, responded, which I also agree with. He said, yeah, but someone is mockable who acts so certain about it and against the spread pick, right? Like if I disagree with you about right. like a pick against the spread, I'm not going to be like, that's fucking ridiculous. Like I would, you know, I could be like, nah, I disagree. I'm going on that. But I would never be like, there's no pick against the spread that's ridiculous. You know? Yeah, they don't it, understand the premise. You have to explain to them every week, it seems like, the 50-50 premise of, yeah. of gambling. It's like, okay, yeah. so the best gambler in the world might be 57% on average. You know, So it's like, wait, there's a 43% chance on his best bet that he's totally wrong? Yeah, that's how high it is. So, yeah, nothing is absurd for or against what you like against the spread. And it just cracks me up every week. I love the guy said I already did. I already made a huge bet. I, I kind of think he's lying, but I, I hope he was telling the truth. And then you haven't heard from him, right? You haven't heard back no, from no. him? No, I, no. I, I also uh, screenshot. No, he did say back, like, it happens. He tweeted, it happens. Oh, but, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He did say that. But I, so, I so, screenshotted it. I don't want to, like, fill up his mentions with people mocking him, so I just screenshotted right. it. Conversely, uh, I, some guy on my – because I picked I pick two games. You picked three last week, which I'll get to here in a second. Uh, someone loved my Eagles pick, and it was, like, clearly a Philly fan, too. So I'm like, oh, no. But someone the only one he liked was the Eagles, and that was right. the worst so pick. Of course that was Why did you lose? make us yeah. take the Eagles, dude? I had Dallas. Like, didn't you see that I had Dallas? I didn't know that until after, but um, oh, uh, you yeah, are obviously – such an idiot. Why, why did you? Why did you make us take uh, the Lions? I mean, whatever. Well, no, I mean, I, I won two out of three. You know, I mean, sixty-six percent pays the bills, man. I don't know which yeah. one you're talking uh, about. Yeah. And I would, I would lie otherwise. I was gonna, I should, I almost took the Niners instead of the Eagles. Oh. But, um, but yeah, no, the Eagles didn't look very good. I thought when we talked, you were leaning Eagles, is what I remembered. But nah. I didn't notice till after that nah. you, you did have Dude, Dallas. So a good rule of thumb. But, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Go ahead, go ahead. I'll get to something. A back. good rule, go of, thumb rule of thumb is. Of, don't go against my picks, dude. It's just foolish. Yeah, okay. No, I actually do think, regardless of our whatever three and two record in my abominable uh, Eagles pick, I kind of like going in just two, two, one, one of us and three of the other, and not compromising, and yeah. really just going out with, with ourselves with the two picks. I like that strategy more. What do you think? Uh, it's much better. I told the story many times with Heather. Like I compromised on movies, and we just saw stupid movies that neither of us wanted to see. Yeah. Yeah. Go to the one you want to yeah. see. But, man, the Eagles pick, that was brutal. Yeah, well, I like that strategy, and yes, I have heard you say that, and I, I think we should continue that. that. That's fine. You know what was not brutal, uh, but I did hear, hear you and Scott Pianowski to calling me essentially a donkey on XM for my, sat, <laughs> my, Saint, my Saints trap game. You spent a good five minutes talking, talking my name about how awful of a pick it was. So uh, I, I just want to mention that I was thinking of both of you during that absolute <laughs> blowout. Well, no, I okay, but if you he, we did we did do that. That is true, but if you heard the segment, I was much more lukewarm on that pick because I was worried. I, I picked the Bengals against the Chiefs in Kansas City a couple weeks before, and I watched that game, and I was worried that the same thing would happen, and it 
exactly happened, <laughs> like to a T. Marvin punted when he, he had the one chance to stay in the game, and that was it. So, but it is funny that we were right. you know, using that as yeah. an example to mock you. It is, it is funny. Yes, absolutely treating like a donkey on, on air for, for a good, good chunk of that segment. All right, let's get to these games, uh, unless you have anything else. Do you have any other uh, well, football the, stuff? Yeah, about? the only football thing I have is, um, I don't know if you read East Coast Offense, but I kind of went off on yeah. these dudes because I saw people talking about, I, I can't remember who it was, but it was like, they were basically like uh, readers were complaining about somebody telling them to sit Eric Ebron last week. And, of course, Ebron had three touchdowns in the first half. And these guys were sort of like patting each other on the back like, nah, that was the right call. He had hardly any volume. You know, don't worry about it. It's, it's unreasonable for them to complain basically about that, about, you know, sitting him and then him going off. And, I, and, and basically they were saying, nah, your process was good. Like, don't worry about the result. But that is – that is faulty logic, man. The process doesn't absolve you from getting stuff wrong. Process just over time, hopefully, if it's good, gets you a good track record overall in the future. It's, it's not like, oh, I wasn't wrong because my process was good. If I say, oh, well, listen, you shouldn't draft Ronald Acuna because rookies don't really pan out to the hype that much. So on average, they don't. So you know, I'm not going to draft Ronald Acuna in the sixth round. And then Ronald Acuna does what he does. And you say, yeah, well... He went off, but I mean, usually rookies don't pan out, so my process was good, so I'm not wrong about that. If you're one of those people that you want to be right on average, in other words, you want to be right most of the time, or more often than not, or more often than most, so you always, so you always sort of exclude the outliers, and you just do, you sort of bet the, uh, the base rate, the thing that's most likely to happen. You're basically saying, I'm going to get all the outliers wrong. I'm only going to, when the normal thing happens, the most common thing, I'm going to get it right, and when outliers happen, I'm going to get it wrong. You can't then say when an outlier happens, oh, yeah, I actually didn't get it wrong because I'm usually right. It, that's, like, ridiculous. You can't have it both ways. You're basically declaring in advance I'm making a trade-off. Outliers I'm wrong on, the usual situation I'm right on. If an outlier happens, you are, of course, wrong. You can't claim right on that. <laughs> you, you're, you're the one who's admitting you're wrong. You're the one who's giving up on that prediction altogether. And, of course, the most uh, important thing one could argue is identifying such outliers. My, my only argument with you is as someone who gets really upset, and I say this only half-joking, uh, you get upset of, of reporters not naming sources. You need to name names here of the people you're critics. I didn't even care. I, I, I started just getting offended like, dude, you were not right. You gave the guy bad advice. You gave him bad information. And the problem is, and, I, and here's the main thing, is that people look at like Blackjack and they say, well, look, if I tell you to stay on 17 – and then a four is the next card to the guy next to you. Is that wrong then? Should I have hit on 17? It was a four, you see? I was, it was bad advice. No, it wasn't. That's different, okay? Because in blackjack, your model of like what's most likely to happen generally is exactly correct in that specific situation. In other words, your sort of computer model of blackjack that tells you what's most likely to happen when you have 17 and you hit, which is you bust is exactly the case when you're sitting at the table when you have 17. You're most likely to bust. Like, it's, it's a mathematical fact unless you've counted the cards like crazy and there's only fours left or something crazy like that. But in a normal circumstance, if that hasn't happened, it's mathematically the case that, the, that it's a bad EV bet to do it. And they try to apply that for football. Like, oh, well, you know, Ebron had low volume, so guys with low volume don't usually pan out. So it was the right call. It just didn't, you know, it was like blackjack, you know, it was bad luck. But that is not the case because the idea that guys with low volume generally or you know, have had low volume or who we project for low volume generally don't produce is not the same thing as 
this guy who, when he gets volume, even though it's low, is in the red zone, is skilled, he's got a good matchup for himself. You know, all these specifics are very different in each case than the general rule. The general rule in blackjack is the exact same on every table. It applies to every blackjack situation because every blackjack situation, barring some weird bullshit rules, has the same rules and the same cards that have the same values. But in football, the general rule does not apply to every situation. If you say, okay, well, Gronk, peak Gronk when he's healthy, you know, he only gets 100 targets, so I'll regress him to like six, seven touchdowns for the year if he plays 16 games. No, no. <laughs> that rule that people who get 100 targets get about six or seven touchdowns or whatever the ratio was, five and a half, six touchdowns, would not apply to peak healthy Gronk getting 100 targets. It would not apply. You don't regress everything the same way. You, you can't say the general rule. When you're saying, oh, well, this guy, if he doesn't get a lot of targets, he shouldn't be expected to produce. The only reason you're saying that is because you're saying generally that's the case. Generally, volume correlates most strongly to production. The best bet for production is volume, generally. But that is not necessarily right in a specific situation. And so that is totally different than blackjack or poker or something where the situation is always the same. When the general model corresponds one-to-one -one sure. with the reality, this does not correspond, and you got it wrong. Generally, that might be the case, but in this case, it was totally wrong. And, and the, instead of saying, oh, well, but generally it's right, you know, that, to me, that is just like ignoring the reality in favor of your model. No, your model was fucking wrong. The reality told you it was wrong. The general situation did not apply in this particular instance. And if you can't see that, if you're still like, oh, no, no, in my model, I still made the right call, so that negates the reality of what I told this person to do and he left the points on the bench, that is terrible. All these models, and if you have good process and good models, it should give you good results going forward. But looking backwards, it is not a relevant thing. If I'm like, listen, look at, I'm, I, you come to my restaurant and I'm a chef, chef owner, and I'm like, listen, look at the process I have. We chop the vegetables in the way that they taught us at the French culinary school. We use the finest ingredients. We have this big assembly line of different people doing all this stuff, and the servers are so well-trained, and you eat the food and it sucks. Who gives a shit about my process? Maybe going forward in a month or two, we'll, We'll get it together because we have a good process and serve good food. And maybe you'll invest in the restaurant later, maybe. But if the food sucked when you ate there, for me to show you the kitchen later is not a fucking defense against bad food. It isn't. It just so is are not. You, are, are you rejecting the very premise of process over results then? No. I, I'm saying yes and no. Yes in the sense that process is a means to an end. The only thing process matters for is long-term results. Long-term results generally speaking. Microsoft Teams is helping a bicycle company reinvent the way that they work. We make low-maintenance bicycles for everyday riders. Once the pandemic hit, we had nobody coming into the showroom, so we started doing virtual visits via Microsoft Teams. We're able to see two or threefold the amount of customers we used to be able to see. All of a sudden, we could open up our showroom to customers around the world. I really think it's going to set a standard for retail moving forward. Learn more at Microsoft.com Teams. Nobody cares about your process in and of itself. So results matter. But, you know, it's just like ERA versus strikeout-to-walk ratio. Sometimes, and usually, I would say usually, good process is a better indicator of good future results than good past results. The process is a better yeah. indicator of future results than good results. So I may have gotten a bunch of calls right this week, but somebody who has a better process might still be a better bet next week to get them right. Just because I got it right this week, doesn't, maybe I got lucky. 
So going forward, process matters, and it, it, but it only matters because of future results. And when those results come in over time, you can say, yeah, his, his results were actually better. But the process only matters for the future. In the past, it doesn't matter. I asked Jeff on the radio this thing. I said, what are the odds that Eric Ebron scores three touchdowns on Sunday? What are the odds right now? That he scores oh, you're... three touchdowns in week 10 on Sunday right now? Uh, 100%. They're 100%. There is, for you to argue that the odds are not good is to say that you want more points on your bet. For you to argue that that was the right call, you're saying I want more points on my bench than in my lineup. Period. It's an illogical argument. It's a 100% chance that Eric Ebron scores three touchdowns as of right now. Once it's happened, your process and probability do not matter anymore. They matter going forward for the next event. And when that event happens, then they don't matter. Then they matter going forward for the next event. You can't then retroactively say, no, but I had, the, I had the edge. You can in blackjack because we know that the edge that you think you have is the same thing you have actually in the real game. But that is not the case for football. It's just a generalized proposition that you have. It is not applicable I, to a specific situation. I, I agree with what you're saying, and I don't think there's even a need to defend oneself for this. But I just think in general these people are, are just saying – process over results and in the long run if we kept this going we will be profitable so that i'm is, not going to let this one crazy outlier change my process moving forward so i'm no, washing my hands with it moving forward but wrong, i get, i can see why that would rub you the wrong no, way no 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 I, I mean i can see that that, would, that okay. does not rub me the wrong way that is exactly how you should look at it okay but, they're not but, saying that you're saying okay no they're they saying, saying this call you should not complain about this call because my process was I, good and that is okay. absolutely false that is absolutely false I, your process gave you the wrong call in this particular instance, and the advice you okay. gave was bad and cost that person big time if they listened to it. Everyone, I still think, is responsible for themselves, but you got to own the fact that you got that totally wrong. You can't pretend that that was not the wrong call. <laughs> I mean, that, they were actually pretending okay, it wasn't okay. the wrong call. If, if, if your argument is, yeah, that was a stupid call, totally wrong, and it was one of those things that I missed because it was one of those outliers that... I'm not going to grab because my process is going to just on average do well. It's not going to get everything. Nobody has a crystal ball. But sorry about okay. that. that. That was a terrible call. But going forward, I still trust that like, usually we're going to get these right. No problem with that. None whatsoever. Okay, that's all I would say. Okay. All right. Okay. Done. I agree with you then. But that's just when all you I get something say. wrong, if you predict Acuna is going to you know, not be good because of a generalized rule that is not specific to Acuna, then you got it wrong. And you cannot hide behind your process. You cannot hide behind it. Just as if I serve you a bad meal, I can't show you my kitchen and say, but look how nice everything is in here. We should right. be turning out good meals over time. You can see how organized we are and what good ingredients we use. That is not a defense against the shitty meal I served you. It is just not. This, you're not talking specifically about Acuna? What's that? Is there a specific Acuna thing going on? Did that happen? No, as it, was well? a while, it was a while back. I think it was Cardi, who's a really good analyst Cardi, and yeah. wins lots yeah. of money. He was yeah. saying, like, well, I guess I'll take the L here. And he, but he was like defending his yeah. process. And it's like, dude, your process is great for winning money and for overall being accurate. But it was dead wrong about this player because it, it generalized rookies and it, and it missed the specific guy that he was. And it's designed to miss that guy. It's always going to miss the incredible immediate sensation outlier. And that's the trade-off he makes to be more accurate than pretty much everybody overall. But when right. you make the trade-off and the guy, and you do miss, you can't pretend you didn't make the trade-off. You have to, you have to right. just take the L and that's be right. like, yeah, bad pick. 
And, and I, don't, I don't like that people are getting confused on what's going on here. Your process is not a defense against a, missing something or making a bad call. It just isn't. That all makes sense, and I'm uh, agreeing with you. Not the usual disingenuously either. I, um, I I totally understand what you're saying. Uh, love Cardi, by the way, and I do do no, recommend. No, he's, he's stuff, a great but. analyst, and he's uh, I think he makes money every year doing. And and the bat is like a great um, projection system. He does great work. Yeah. I'm, I'm saying I'm not trying Football. to pick on him. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't even him. It was some other random guy on Twitter? But I'm just saying I see this all the time. It's not even those guys. You, you've got to you. The map is not the territory. Your little model is not the reality, and it is not blackjack or poker. And everybody wants to put everything. Oh, I just think of it like poker. Like this was the odds to succeed, and if I got a bad beat or somebody sucked out of me on the river, no, dude, stop it, stop it. It is not poker. That you thought it was like that, but it wasn't like that. Your error was not. It wasn't. Oh, I just got bad luck. It was actually the situation wasn't what you thought. And Pino had a really good uh, way of putting it. He said, you know, maybe. Ebron didn't get a lot of snaps. Maybe he didn't get that many targets, but he's getting the filet mignon of the targets. He's getting red zone against weak competition with a good quarterback. And when he's on the field, they call his number. I mean, he's getting the, you know, so who cares? I mean, it, obviously more is better, but it's just like Gronk. It's like if you're six, seven and unguardable in the red zone, you got Tom Brady throwing to you. Even if you only get a hundred targets, maybe you should be projected if healthy for 12 or 13 touchdowns. Yeah, um, I know things are different with Jack Doyle back, but he did enter the week, I believe, leading all tight ends and touchdowns. Dude, so it's not like ten it's, touchdowns. It's now. not like it's wild. You know what I mean? I mean, I think it's like how many did he have total in Detroit? But still, right, he's up to ten on the year. So it's not like this completely. He played nine games. Game and he's got ten touchdowns. I mean, you know, yeah. it's yes, he's getting the the good cuts. Yeah, and who couldn't see him getting the carry as well? I mean, he, he ran one. I mean, the, the carry was a nice bonus, but I think if he had got two touchdowns, the guys would have been pretty much just and, as mad. And Mo Ali Cox had a touchdown by halftime. I mean, Andrew Luck loves his tight ends. Four tight end touchdowns by halftime. I mean, yeah. pretty, pretty crazy. Yeah, but, but it was Jackson. Right, let's talk, let's talk. You know the outside receivers are going to have more trouble, you know, and so you're going to probably go to your tight ends more. Right, Sure. Um, all right, let's get to these. Uh, let's get these games starting Thursday night. Uh, Green Bay getting two and a half in Seattle. I I love Seattle here. It's just yep. this should yep. be three a minimum, and it's yep. a short week. And I just I don't really see why the Seahawks aren't laying the full three. So give me Seattle. Yeah, totally. And I'd use this in super contest if you want. Uh, I don't understand that either. Uh, I was wrong about Seattle before the year. I've uh, said repeatedly they're a really good football team. Uh, and Heard a cool stat from Dan Lebetard. <clears throat> Aaron Rodgers would have to throw 1,200 straight interceptions to reach Nathan Peterman's career INT percentage. Yeah, but I mean, it's because the well, sample's so tw- small. 1,200 straight I passes. I know, but it's just because when you have a large. Inter- but even, even like Eli would have to throw like 500 to get to Peterman, you know? So it's not like, you know, it's not. Yeah, that. it's pretty wild. Yeah, it's still pretty crazy. But yeah, all right. Okay. It's a very small sample, but no, Peterman I'll, I'll and give Matt you a Martin, stat yeah. that's way crazier. So there's only been, and I, this is in the East Coast offense also, <clears throat> there's only been two QBs, two or three QBs in NFL history to have four 400-yard games in a season. And there's only been seven in NFL history to have three 400-yard games in a season. Right. You know that one of them is this year's Ryan Fitzpatrick. Yeah, He's yeah, started right. six games, and four of them have gone for 400 yards. Nobody, including Manning in his record-setting season, has Everyone had more than him. And he's the first to ever do three in a row, right? The first ever to get three in a row, but... He's yeah. gotten four total in six games, and no one's ever had more than four in 16 games, even guys who set the record for passing yards. And he also holds a record of fewest fantasy points in a 400-yard game. Yeah, I'm sure he does. Yes, he did. <laughs> yeah, no, that, that is crazy, even in a year full of crazy passing stats. Um, all right, I'm, you're marking this one, possibility, uh, Seattle. 
next up, uh, Carolina minus four in Detroit. Yeah, it's too many points. I, I made the line three. Detroit sucks, but you know they have a quarterback who's competent. They have some weapons. Carolina's got to go on the road. I I like Detroit. Um, yes, me too. Uh, I, I took the points there. That's pretty, pretty ugly. Um, I don't know. Carolina has been typically far better at home, but who knows? Maybe they bounced back. Didn't love that one. Uh, next Dallas, um, this one I saw at three and a half, but I think you ended up using, uh, three. So Atlanta's only giving three. I went with the Cowboys, but I, I certainly could see, see changing with just that half a point there. So you went with the Falcons, right? Yeah, it was it was three when I saw it. Uh, I went with the Falcons. I, I think this is just a good buy low, and the Falcons sell high in Dallas, in Atlanta. They usually play a lot better, and uh, they're getting Deion Jones back, which may help their defense, their running game, which should help against Zeke. And uh, I just think they have more firepower. They're going to score and get ahead. Yeah, no argument here. It says it opened at four and a half, then all the way down to three. So uh, yeah, I can certainly see it there. Dallas, I've been wrong about as much as any any team but so who knows uh on the road though typically is where they've been most vulnerable i do like amari cooper on that team really interesting man he's like i just keep breaking him as like a top 15 wide receiver moving forward i like this matchup as well um dfs price has not caught up with him typically next one cincinnati i guess the line's probably my uh sorry getting four in baltimore they don't know who's starting at quarterback to me to me that line suggests like flacco is out and he's worth like three and a half points that's at least to me, maybe I'm crazy, but no matter who's starting at QB, I, li- I like the Ravens there. What about yourself? Yeah, me too. I mean, I hope it's not RG3. I hope it's Lamar Jackson yeah, I, uh, up everywhere. But yeah, it's, it's just going to be a different style of game, but I'm laying the wood at home with the Ravens. The Bengals are terrible. Yeah, really, really bad. And the Ravens, really good defense. So uh, that one will be, uh, I'll be very curious to see. Uh, see, the problem is we'd like to wait as long as possible for that one, but we might want to use the, the Thursday night game. But not that we're still alive. I believe my, um, my proxy said... Uh, the money one is the final three three weeks of the year, but he was going right. to double on that on that for us. But just at the fifth, I know it. Yeah, exactly. Next up, uh, Minnesota getting two and a half in Chicago. Uh, well, that's actually not. That's the Sunday night, so that got flexed. So yeah, you're right. You're right. Sorry, the the Vegas insider kept up that. So let me yeah. let me go in order. Right. Okay, Tennessee getting two in Indy. Yeah, I had two and a half, but uh, I took Indy. I was, I was actually on Tennessee initially, and then I thought, you know, I just have an indie feeling just to sell the Titans off that win over the Pats, and uh, so I took the Colts. And they ended up being a unanimous pick, which kind of shocked me because I was barely on the Colts, but I took them. Yeah, Tennessee I was wrong about, too, before the year. I think I had their under in a small bet. Uh, they look great. Uh, but so do the Colts. I just mentioned, I think they have an interesting path to the playoffs, and they're, uh, you know, giving the less than, than, than the three. So Colts for me uh, on this one. Next up, this I'm sure the sucker side. Houston giving three in Washington. I've not looked at the staff picks yet, but um, I would not be surprised if I'm the only one who, who laid the, uh, the road favor here. Am no, I? You, you got company in Stopa, so I hope that makes yeah. you feel better. <laughs> well, nothing wrong with that. But, uh, yeah, so you, uh, you, 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 like, you like the home dog? Uh, yeah. I, I made this line a, a pick em, and I thought Redskins were going to be favored by like a point and a half, so I thought, oh, good, I'll be on the Texans on a pick em. But... Then I saw it was Texans minus three, and I was like, wow. I guess the public wants the Texans more than I do. So I know they have offensive line problems, but the Redskins' defense is pretty good, and the Texans are a weird, erratic team that doesn't blow anyone out. So I'm going to uh, – I think Redskins may get after Watson a little bit, so I'm taking the, the home dog. 
Yeah, coming off a bye, I think Houston may get after Washington. They map, but maybe those offensive line problems uh, rear their head a week later than expected. You know, Deshaun Watson actually has a higher YPA this year than he than last year when the rookie season when he's throwing all those TDs. His YPA is actually higher this year. This Texans team, uh, there's so many dominant upper echelon teams, it's hard to take them seriously. But I don't know, they're pretty good, and I think I'm not going to overthink this. And I, I took Houston. Next one I really liked, and wow, I mean, what is up with the line in this? Tampa Bay getting just one against your Giants in New York. Yeah, I had a one and a half. Yeah, I had a one and a half, but still, I had I made the line six. I know I'm a homer, but I mean, Tampa sucks. Cutter's calling the plays. Their defense is terrible. Ryan Fitzpatrick is the guy that you know we've known all these years, just throwing picks, fumbling, doing stupid stuff. I mean, Eli's terrible, and that's a real problem. The Giants have no pass rush either, so Bucks will move the ball, but. I don't know. I, I like the Giants here. Yeah, I mean, Cutter is calling the plays now. You know, one of the problems is uh, Eli has crazy home road splits. Opposite, reverse. Yeah. I mean, so I don't know, he's just been so, so bad at home, but I definitely would consider using this one. I, I hate constantly using the Giants, it feels like, but I don't get that spread, so I, I would, I'll mark this one as a possibility. Next, uh, Pittsburgh giving five and a half in Jacksonville. Another easy call. I had this at, at like two and a half, three, and it's five and a half. I think the Jaguars will show up for this game. It's kind of a grudge match. These teams don't really like each other. Jaguars have been bad, but they do defend the receivers well. And uh, I think Fournette is going to help them. I know he struggled on the ground yeah. last week, but he made some plays in the passing game. And I just think it settles them down a little bit. They're not like, you know, Bortles has played yep. a better game and he's, you know, have the team they designed in the offseason. So I think this will be a, a tough fight. I think the Steelers are worse on the road. I took the points. Uh, yeah, me too. It's possible Pittsburgh is one of those upper echelon teams. I mean, it, it is that they belong in that conversation with, uh, with the, you know, the, the Chiefs. Chargers, another interesting one as well. But I'm with you. With Fournette does matter, having him back. And A.J. Boye is supposed to return for this game. So uh, I'm with you in taking, and, and taking also, the home dog here. Remember, like, Pittsburgh killed Carolina. looked really impressive. But... A, Carolina's much worse on the road. They killed Atlanta. Atlanta's much worse on the road. And also, the Carolina game was a short week. So, Carolina's traveling. A lot of teams, like, just don't show up well on a Thursday. Yep. So, I don't want to – I think you should sell that. You know, the Jaguars right. played the Eagles pretty tough the last time they played. They lost – oh, no, they lost to the Colts. They played them pretty tough in Indy. They lost to the Eagles in kind of a tough game that could have gone either way in, uh, in London. You know, they haven't been that bad. So, I'll take them the points at home. Yeah, and still Pittsburgh on the road is fairly vulnerable um, still. So I'm with you there. Uh, Broncos getting seven uh, in L.A. against the Chargers. I made it seven and a half. This is pretty close. And Broncos defense is good. It's a division game. Chargers are, you know, they're sort of a sell high because they're rolling so much. They could have a little letdown here. But I, uh, I still took them. I made it seven and a half. They're just good on both sides of the ball. They're going to get Bosa back probably not this week, but probably next. So this is, uh, this is a legit contender. Yeah, I feel like I have too many favorites again this week, but uh, I laid the wood as well. Case Keenum on the road this season, four games, nine interceptions or fumbles, 14 sacks, just been a disaster. So Chargers team's good, so uh, I laid the wood as well. Uh, next up, what is, where are we here? Raiders. We are on the Raiders uh, plus four at Arizona. So I made this line eight because I just did not want to take the Raiders. So I was like, all right, if they're getting like eight plus, <laughs> I'll think about it. And Arizona laying eight is just laughable. But... You know, Byron Leftwich has, like, a, this team in the 21st century. You know, they're throwing to David Johnson. He looked good. Josh Rosen's getting better every game. I mean, he's learning on the job. 
you know, you can't say enough about losing Mike McCoy. What a boost that is. And I think their defense is kind of league average, the Cardinals. It's not bad. They got after Mahomes last week. They played well in Kansas City. I just think the Raiders, I don't know if they've given up, but, like, Brandon LaFell is their number one receiver. Like, that's just not – Derek Carr is fucking terrible. The defense is terrible. Everything about that team is terrible. So I, I think four is just not nearly enough on the road. Yeah, that line really surprised me. I don't make the lines like you did, but I, I for sure thought it'd be higher. I mean, maybe you said the receivers. I mean, Jordy Nelson's also banged up. Martavis Bryant's out. Uh, that's a disastrous team that's seemingly totally checked out. And even if they haven't, the talent is just... That's up to five now. On, on, I just looked on our site. It's up to five. They can't get to the quarterback. Cardinals are not that bad of a team. It's, they really aren't. So um, that, I made that my best bet of the week. So I'm locking that in for, uh, for one of our Super Contest picks. Next one, uh, Saints uh, should be an awesome game. Our uh, fantasy football live crew uh, is traveling there, and they kind of, kind of put a, a little bit of a change, a wrinkle there by moving this game to the afternoon after that was already set. So the old crew was already gone there, and I'm, they're bringing me in on, on, on set in Sunnyvale in case there's uh, issues, uh, technical difficulties. You might want to switch to me by myself taking phone calls. <laughs> that would be hilarious. Yeah, well, I hope that yeah. happens. That would be so funny. <laughs> like, nope, it's you, dude. You got to deal with this. Do it. Uh, it's, yeah, that, funny is one way of putting it, but a nightmare is another. But anyway, um, we'll, we'll see. What, 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 what is the spread on that one? Is it up to uh, seven eight, and a half? Eight and a half. Uh, eight, eight, and a half. Eight, eight and a half is up to, oh, it's even nine in some places. I made uh, it, open I, seven and a half. I made it seven and a half, actually, and I saw it was eight and a half, and I was like, it's my best bet, the Eagles. I know the Saints are a good team, but the Eagles are Super Bowl champs. They're, they still could win the division. They're four and five, just like Dallas. Washington's a fraud. They need this game. Their backs are to the wall. Carson Wentz is totally himself and totally healthy. I mean, they can, they can hang here. Their, their secondary is pretty bad. But the Saints don't really beat you down the field. They beat you with, like, dink and dunk. You know, it's Kamara, Ingram, and Thomas. There's not a lot of Traquan Smith. Ted Ginn's out for the year. Oh, yeah. You don't really see a lot Tra- of, oh, you know, like it's not, I mean, Michael Thomas is not fast. So I, uh, I like the Eagles. It's my best bet, man. I think they're going to show up and slug it out. I don't think it's, I think it's going to be a war. I don't think it's going to be easy for the Saints at all. Okay. I think I turned in Saints on, on staff picks, but man, that line moving and I was very, uh, very shaky on it anyway. So we'll, we'll count this as one of your picks. No problem. Especially Eagles, you know, not looking Looking so bad in prime time last game. Could could see you buying back here. Saints are so tough. It's enormous. They are man. tough though at home, man. It's a long sixty minutes. You know, it's just so frustrating. I was thinking about. I know I've mentioned it before, but having the Saints in my survivor pool, one strike survivor pool, week one. Yeah. What would that GD line be right now if they played minus twenty? I mean, it's a joke. I mean, it's it's insane. It's yeah. it's, it's crazy. Yeah, but as anyway, I said, um, your, uh, your process was so good, man. You could feel so yeah. much better about yourself. <laughs> yeah, I, I do not. So, so I do not. If there's any consolation there, last or sorry, the Sunday night one. Now, uh, the Bears, Vikings, uh, Minnesota getting two and a half in Chicago. So I, I really the four lines said three. I mean, for said two and a half, and three said three, and the other two places I looked also said three. And I wanted to cheat on this. I actually initially wrote it up yeah. at three, and I'm like, you know what? I love the Vikings getting the full three. I think they're the better team, and. I'm just going to write it up at three because it's, you know, it's so close. And, but then I thought, you know what? I can't fudge. I got to do the, the rule, which is majority is the line. Because even if this costs me or whatever and beating the book, it's like I just hate when people do that because, you know, lines are variable. There's, sometimes there's a spread of a point and a half between the lowest and the highest line. 
And you'll yep. see people just always take the most favorable line to the side that they want and write up their picks like that and then calculate their record like that. And they're stealing like four or five games a year doing that. It's just cheating because, you know, you couldn't necessarily bet those lines, right? You see that line, and if you go to bet it, it's already moved. Sometimes there's a delay in how they post them. It's not like just because it's up there for a second. That means it's bettable. So the majority one, in my mind, is the most bettable one. It's the most accurate, whatever's the most common one. And even though I could probably have gotten the Vikings at three, maybe, because there were so many places when it was three, to write it up like that would have been, I wanted to. I really wanted to. But then I was like, I just can't. It's not worth it. So, Yeah, so not only honest with that, just real quick, let me interject, but people who give you a hard time for whatever your record is last, what, dozen years, 53% or something really good or whatever, uh, not only do you pick every game against the spread, and you would not do that, obviously, if you were trying to make money, but you do these like by Tuesday night. You know, right. I mean, I you can't how much information I, and I, changes. And I'm super, yeah, whatever. I'm, Wednesday I'm, afternoon. I don't change it. And I'm super strict with the lines. And uh, it's not 53. It's down to 51.7 over 20 years picking every game. And yeah, I've been okay. shitty the last 10 years. Yeah, I've been below I mean, 500 that's... over the last 10 years. So I'm not doing well lately. Although my best bets have actually been pretty good. My best bets have been like, I want to say like 57% over the last, since we tracked, since I could go back and track them through since 2009. So and know, there it's you go. That's 75 far, picks. Far it's been about 75 mm-hmm. picks. And that's or, far or more important. You know, picking the best bets far more important. But, but you know, anyway, not, I, I don't think we haven't done well. We haven't like done that. well in this. You know, this is five picks. You're forcing five. Obviously, you don't necessarily always like five. But you know, I'd like to. I'd like our to. Our record get, is not like an abomination, at least. So I mean, what's our record? It's not like off. No, we're usually above 500 every year of a few games. But yeah. you know, you you want to be at picking five games. You want to be at like 53, 54 right. percent. I mean, because you wouldn't necessarily bet all these five. And then picking your best bet, you should definitely be at 55 if you're doing this. And then, you know, picking every game. I just, I just wanted to highlight that you're also doing these picks, as we are in staff picks, so early in the week yeah, as well. Yeah. Not just I, picking I appreciate every it. I mean, I'm not, you know, whatever. I, I haven't been that good. Regardless, I'm not, keep an eye out because that's a, like a subtle way people cheat. Even if right. they post their picks, they kind of like cherry pick the lines in a way that's not really what you could bet. At least we're trying to be transparent and not cheat. Right, for sure. Um, I too took the points uh, with the Vikings, and uh, we get to our final one, game of the year, uh, Monday night. Uh, I kept going back and forth on this. At first, I forgot the game was not being played in, in the Rams, and I'm like, oh, that spread looks good. Then I realized it was, and then it's moved back to L.A. So I think it's settled in around three and a half. Who do you like in this one, list? Yeah, I had it Rams plus two on a, I mean, Chiefs plus two on a neutral field, and then you think, oh, well, they moved it, so it should be plus five. But it doesn't work like that because you passed that key number of three, so that movement to me was enough to switch to the Chiefs at three and a half. I, I don't think the Rams are the Rams anymore. I think Cooper Cup was a big part of the offense. They kind of slowed down once he got hurt the first time. And that jet sweep stuff is not fooling people quite as much as it, as it was right in the beginning of the season. They're just not as crisp. And then you look at their receivers. Like Robert Woods is good, but he's nothing special. And then Cooks is really good, but he's small. And they haven't been taking a lot of shots down the field. Goff's been getting sacked more. And, you know, Gurley's great. So you got Gurley and Cooks and Woods. It's a good system. And the defense has a great line, but the secondary has been shaky since Akib Talib went out. I kind of feel like the Chiefs are probably the better offense at this point. And then defensively, the Rams are better, but you know, not so much better. So I, I think this is kind of a 50-50 game, and I took the Chiefs. Yeah, I agree. I took the Rams, uh, but I was just kind of set on it with them only being, you know, one and a half point favorites on a neutral field. And I didn't feel like that was enough to make me totally change, but I, I could see it. I certainly uh, I was on the fence on that one. 
I know their defensive numbers haven't been super impressive and they need to lead back in the secondary and Peters is obviously getting torched, but Donald and Sue are still like pretty beastly up the middle for a defense with a countering such a strong offense. So another interesting uh, thing I, I read um, this week is like with the over-unders, obviously this is like the highest ever at, uh, what is it, 63 and a half last I looked, but what is it over the last 11 games with over-unders, 57 and a half? Uh, they've all gone over. Is that the stat? Like by an average of 10 points or something, something wild like that. I know <laughs> yep. historical data like that I paid no, no attention to, but that is kind of crazy. It is, yeah. And I remember when I said that stat, uh, Jeff Erickson was like, as Jonathan Bales who tweeted out, I retweeted it. And then Jeff said, why didn't he, why did he do 57 and a half? Why didn't he do like 57? And I was like, I bet because there were some 57s that didn't go over. You know, uh, so I, I, I don't know. But it just seems like, you know, you, you kind of – Arbitrary endpoints, but it is still kind of crazy that everyone that high, the last 11 went way over. So that is, that is interesting. I actually made the score 27-26 Rams. So I have it pretty, you know, 53. So I have it pretty far under on my prediction. Definitely should be an exciting, fun game. And I am glad they moved it. I mean, what a disaster if they have some horrible turf getting people nah, real team, Real team plays on broken glass and concrete. Real, you know. Real man definitely goes and goes and plays and whatever. I, yeah. I hear you. So, what um, are we going to come up with? Uh, five here. I, I'll definitely go to bat for the Cardinals, but I feel like you agree anyway. But uh, what, what are your thoughts on this after our, our discussion, our first well, run through? I, I want the Eagles. I'll take the Seahawks. The Eagles. I would have taken the Cardinals. I like the Giants, and I like the yep. uh, Vikings. And if it's three, I love the Vikings. Okay. So. If it's three, load the Vikings, right? Okay, those all, yeah, those work for me because I marked my the three that I really wanted were Cardinals, Seahawks, and Giants. So, okay. all right, good with me. So then I'll, okay. I'll, I'll throw in the Vikings and the uh, and my best bet, the uh, Eagles. Yep, Vikings, Eagles, cool man. Um, what else? Uh, oh, I want to, I want to, I know you're such a, a, a hoops guy, but man, the Warriors. A uh, couple things I want to talk about. Warriors, what a disaster this could be. The beginning of the end. I'm a little bit worried about this. Draymond, don't, don't, don't be a bitch. Don't be a bitch. Uh, don't, don't, that's what Katie, don't that's what Draymond says. Oh, wait, Draymond I got to sit out a podcast. I think I have to sit out next yeah. week's podcast now that I called you a bitch. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I'm a little, little concerned about that. We'll see if Steve Kerr has to earn his money now. A little cracks in the foundation here might be a little problem, uh, but, uh, something to pay attention to. Um, a couple other, what else did I have to say? Um, I, uh, oh, a couple TV reviews for you. I, I, I watched House of Cards. I, Highly recommend you don't do that. You can sit out the last <laughs> season with, with Kevin Spacey. That went from absurd to unwatchable, especially how they ended it. Um, Room 104 is an HBO anthology series. It's kind of hit and miss like all anthologies, but the Duplass brothers and season two just aired Rain Wilson episode two. Um, it's kind of like Black Mirror a little bit. Um, and uh, I actually recommend especially that episode, season two, episode two with Rain Wilson. And I wanted to ask you as far as TV, because I'm looking for another one to start here. Did you ever end up finishing uh, Maniac? I did. It was good. You know, it, some of these. You know, you know, how True Detective, the first one, starts yep. off like so, like holy season, crap, this yeah. is some deep. Season shit. three, by the way. By the way, season three, the trailer has me hooked again. But yes, of course, yeah, yeah, this is like the deepest thing in the world. This is going to reveal the truth about life to me. I got to watch this show. This is the sickest thing ever. Yeah. And the then buzzer. it's just a conventional buddy cop movie. You know, what I mean, it's just like it, it gets conventional. That was kind of like Maniac. It was so trippy and like, ooh, this is really tweaking my brain you know i'm having flashbacks from this and then by the end it was fine it was good but it was just way more like it was quirky it was just a quirky story in the end you know like and you're like oh, it was all right it wasn't bad there's another one that's actually i thought a little tighter as the julia roberts one i forget what it's called 
It's a new one on uh, Amazon. Although I shouldn't be yes. I shouldn't be promoting Amazon because Amazon is a fucking scourge. They're like the worst of the worst. Forget it. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Anyway, it was pretty good, but I don't want to. I live like I live a couple miles from an Amazon distributor, and it's awesome with Amazon Prime. And I order anything, and I get it within like five hours. It's, it's yeah, pretty I mean, sick. But uh, okay, I, no, I know that Julia Roberts. Scourge. It's not. It's 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 really. That shit they pulled at the HQ too, and like getting all this, they got all this info, and this, they're not less monkeys who run the government. They're like, they're giving all this info about city planning and stuff that Amazon can now leverage to their advantage. That even like citizens don't know about, like because all the proposals had all this stuff. There's one from Virginia where they're like urging, they're like, oh, near near us, you know, being near the centers of power, well, surely there's some regulatory things you can influence. And it was like advertising that you could do beneficial corruption on your behalf if you ha- if you do it there and. It's a great product. It's a great service, although the product's getting worse because, you know, what they do is they basically they, they put the stuff that they don't want to sell you, like, way down in the search and their own products higher in the search. And if something's mm-hmm. going well, they just basically make it themselves and then steal the business of the person who's doing well. Oh, man. It's really, it's really dirty. <laughs> it's dirty. You know, it's, it's like you think, oh, Bezos is a brilliant businessman, and he is. I mean, you know, he's, obviously this organization is an amazing service is what it is. But... You know, you don't get that rich without cheating. He's cheating, man. He's not just taking his cut or whatever. He's cheating. He's he's literally like using the information from the sellers and then just copying it and doing it himself. So I prefer to go about my life unaware of those things and ordering Amazon Prime because it's so easy. No, that, it, it that really is, is. It's that really is convenient. Really but to the extent you yeah. can find a substitute, I would do it. Just right, even if yeah. it's ten bucks more for a, a monitor or TV or you know a couple bucks here or there, right. it's. It's not worth it, and and it's actually diminishing choice because it's just he's just plowing through the marketplace like there's just nothing survives in its wake. So what you end up with is this sort of homogenized, centralized distributor of everything, and you don't have a choice, and you're paying for Prime, and you're you're Amazon this and Amazon that, and everything comes from Amazon, and small businesses that are offering unique products or, you know, they're just being and the thing is they're cheating. It'd be one thing if they just you know, said okay. <laughs> You can sell this, and we'll sell that, and we'll see. But they're actually like copying what they do and then putting those things further down in the search and putting their stuff up in the search, burying competitors. It, it's, it's dirty business, man. I, I really I think like you know, Google, Facebook, Amazon, those things, they're, they're not good for society in the long term. Convenience is great. Convenience is a great thing. But you know, I changed all my uh, search into DuckDuckGo. They don't track you. But uh, hmm. it's not as good as Google. I'm not going to lie. But, you know, I get the info I want pretty much. Now, having said all that, the Amazon show is homecoming, and uh, I, it's getting good buzz. And, it's good. Uh, yeah, it's, it's I, I want to watch though. that, actually. It's similar. It's a little better. It was tighter than Maniac. but it, If I were um, to start one, which one first? I would, I would go homecoming. It's shorter. Okay. okay. It's better. I Will mean, do. Neither one is must-see. Neither one is like, you have to see it. I, it's not, none of them are like, this is such a great show. Okay, but that was definitely on, on my short list, actually, Homecoming, so, yeah, so good to know. Good. It's pretty good. Um, all right, another random thing I wanted to ask you um, is because uh, I moved into a new house a couple of weeks ago, and they're hardwood floors, and um, like the opposite of my old house, the, the house in which I – my house, I mean, my main room is like freezing, and um, so part of the problem is me, me losing weight, but it's super cold, and the rest of the house is hot. And one of the solutions um, I've discovered just recently is a space heater – which is new to me, and I happen to hear you talking about this. I think today on XM is, is that's crazy. So, did you get a space heater or something? I, I only caught a little bit of this. So, was so, that a good solution, or is there? I no. want to hear more about this because that just seems so crazy to me. That you're talking about something that I literally got in the mail yesterday. 
So we got this really fancy one made in Germany, and it looks really slick, and it's non-toxic. It's like marble, the thing, and it heats up without like having that toxic smell. Most of the space heaters are totally toxic. I hate. I feel like right. I'm gonna dive poisonous yep. fumes, and I don't like them. So I don't like space heaters. Th- these are good. The problem with these is they're always fucking broken. We've gotten three, four. We had to return a couple of them because they were cracked. And this last one doesn't look cracked, so I plugged it in. All of a sudden, this poisonous smoke started coming out of it. So I don't know what that was about. And so now we have to turn, return this one, too. And it's just so annoying because they're such idiots. Like, how can you keep sending us broken ones? It's like they get cracked very easily. The one that works is amazing. And it's, uh, you know, they're like 180 euros, like 200 bucks each. They're expensive, but they're really good. And there is what's no, the brand? There is no what's the brand? Heat. It's called um, Klarstein, K-L-A-R-S-T-I-E-N. But I'm not recommending these because they're always broken. So, like, oh, okay. <laughs> if you get one that's, that somehow works, great, you know, but right. we've only gotten, like, one out of four. So, I don't know what, what is going on with it, but um, the, the, they look really good, and they're non-toxic. They're this marble heating. It, like, just heats this thing. It's good, you know, so, but the standard ones are totally garbage. you got to do a lot of research about, like, the toxicity. Yeah, no, that's, and, yeah, that's why I'm asking, because I'm looking yeah. for a solution. I'm curious how much the bill is going to jack up, but uh, yeah, so think, far, I, I miss. I don't think they use that much power. You know, obviously, different ones have different energy efficiency. Um, I just need to look into like toxicity really is what I need to look yeah, at. I probably really, got it. You got to look at that. Yeah, I mean, probably, you know, we don't have central heat in this apartment. It's an old apartment and like literally right. this is how you heat it. Now, Lisbon is not as cold. Right. Actually, it's probably a lot like where you live, like the climate in terms of how cold. Yeah, it gets in the winter. It gets like in the 40s, 30s, high 30s here. But, yeah, um, we'll get like okay. 40-ish would be like the coldest it got here. 45 would be, you right. know, it's about as cold as it gets. Right. All right. Well, that was interesting because I was just dealing with that and I heard you talk about it. So Clarstein and, and look into toxicity. Okay. Good to know. Uh, one other thing I want uh, to, to run by you, this is I, I say human interest stories and this is nothing really other than just to comment that something crazy happened in the world like about a month ago, Liz. Um, do you know that some, someone went into a house, broke into a house in the middle of the night, um, shot two parents and took a 13-year-old girl from the, their home and it's been more than a month without any leads. And I follow the crime stuff. Um, call me a weirdo or whatnot, but her name's Jamie Kloss. And this is not getting a ton. I mean, she moved up to the FBI's most wanted list or, or search for list. But have you even heard of this at all? National News at all? No, I haven't heard of it. Um, well, it's pretty wild and awful, obviously. But I've never heard anything like it. It was a 911 call at 1 a.m. And it's from the mom's phone. And, and the, the police are not saying what was said. But to have someone just break into a house in Wisconsin... Um, and, and shoot two people and take a 13-year-old girl and just get away with it. I've never heard of anything anything like that, and it's just, it's just absolutely crazy. Um, and there, it's, it's crazy. The longer it gets, you'd think, you'd think there'd be some evidence in today's world. But anyway, that's all, that's all I got for that, other than I wanted to ask you if you have any uh, departing thoughts on the, uh, the midterm election results. Uh, it was kind of like what I expected. Like It wasn't the huge wave that Democrats had hoped for, but they still won. They still got the House, and... Uh, so I, I thought that was probably likely, like they were going to win some um, with the anti-Trump stuff, but it wasn't going to be as resounding as they'd hoped. And you think with Trump, like how many people hate him, like it would have been like a tidal wave, you know, like they would just take over everything. So I think everybody lost a little bit on it, which I think is good. I think the more dysfunctional and unable to right. do stuff Chaos. they are, probably the yeah. better it is because most of those people aren't up to any good. Like most of the, in my opinion, the government officials are... Some of them mean well, some of them don't, but it's just, <laughs> I think in terms of like the average person, they're not, they're not, you know, the balance is not to the good, most of them, whatever their party or particular uh, ideology. Um, I, I do want to say one thing about Trump that 
You notice, like, it's been two years now since he's been elected, and there's no wars right now that we've started, right? I mean, the Yemen thing is still horrible. It started with Obama and Trump definitely kept it up. And maybe this uh, Khashoggi thing will be an opportunity to get rid of, to stop this war. But it's, you know, I don't want to start counting chickens because there's two more years and maybe six more years. But there's no new wars, man. That, to me, is like a very, to me, that's like the one thing people say, oh, well, he said this. It's such a mm-hmm. horrible thing he said. Okay. Mm-hmm. But, okay, saying things is one thing. But, you know, Bush... You know, thousands of people dying worse. Thousands and thousands of people dying. Hundreds of thousands, worse. you know, in Iraq yeah. died. And, you know, and Obama didn't start new wars, but he was droning all these people. I don't know. Maybe Trump is doing just as much. I haven't really heard much about it, but he probably is. You know, it was supposed to be, oh, my God, it's fascism. It's nuclear war. It's it's not really, not really. You know, it's just like pretty much business as usual. The economy, maybe because of him, maybe because of Obama. I don't really know who, but it's the world's economies are way worse than the U.S. Right. is right now. And. That is uh, knock that on is wood. Something. I hope yes, I'm not jinxing exactly. us. What's that? No, you're right. You don't hear that a lot. I mean, I certainly don't. I don't hear the positives. No, I, I appreciate I mean, that. You're right. Don't, you don't hear that a lot. That's a big picture. That's a big picture. Not like, did you hear what he said? Yeah. Oh, my yeah. God. I, he said yeah, what? People, yeah, people give him a hard time, which I appreciate it. He, he spun it. The, the election results is a huge win. They're giving him a hard time for spinning it that way. But you're right. You know what's more important? lives and the entire economy yeah you're right i, I mean that, that does he, he you know there's many you. things to find fault with and and people do but and there are yeah yeah now what about north korea though i just heard that they have like maybe 11 more sites like they're just going nuts yeah. building more and more so, i mean what, what are your so thoughts on that trump tweeted about it i mean you can believe what you want but he said that's totally fake news as soon as i saw, I saw that in the new york times report and i yep. was like this sounds like bullshit it was one of like it's possible. It was sort of one of those phrases like experts say there may be sites that are blah 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 you know that kind of yep. thing yep yep and I, as soon as I read, I didn't read the article. I just saw the headline. I was like, "This sounds like bullshit." But who knows? I don't. You know, I'm no expert in this. And then, the, like the next day, Trump came out with a tweet that was like, "That's totally fake news. Trust me, I'll be the first to let you know if if something like that if it goes bad, if it starts to go bad." And again, you know, it's Trump, so you don't really want to take him at face value either. But I, I just don't believe the New York Times. You know, I grew up in New York. I New York Times was the paper record. It's the only newspaper I still go to, and I cringe every time I go, and I go less and less now yeah. because. It just feels like an arm of the Democratic Party the way Fox News is an arm of the Republican Party. It just feels like it's not really a serious newspaper anymore. It's just innuendo. It'll be like experts say that some have said. You know, it's not it's, – it's just using like this opinion and it's not really drilling down to the news. So I don't know. I don't, I, again, I wouldn't just take Trump at his word, but I just, I just don't believe reports like that. Uh, you'd have, show me some evidence. You know, show me something more right. than just – Experts say, inside officials allege, you know, I mean, it's just, I don't think they have anything. And it's, you know, a lot of their stuff is just not really come to fruition. So I'm, I'm pretty dubious about all that. Right. Right. All right, man. Good stuff, Liz. Yeah. Hopefully we, uh, we didn't just jinx the whole country, but, uh, yeah, all right, man, let's do it. Let's, let's go two and three, one and four, four and one. doesn't matter at this point. Just remember last three weeks, this is just practice for the real, the real test. Yeah, for sure. All right, man. Good times. Later, Liz. Take it easy.